So before I come to US, I told my friends, hey guys, I'm going to um, US, I'm going to Texas. That was like, oh, I'm going to be a cowboy? You have be riding your horse and putting your gun. I'm like, no. no. They're like, what do you mean? They're like, well, they have cars over there. They're like, really? They have cars? I said, yes. Wow. <laughs> Wait, what? Dude, did you just make that up? Oh man, I have questions. Hey, it's Meredith For Real, the curious introvert. Listen each week as I talk with someone new. The topics are as ADD as I am, but they'll inspire you to stay curious and grow. Big thanks to our location sponsor, the UWF Historical Trust. My next guest describes himself as a little bit spoiled. He grew up in an upper middle class family in Tehran, Iran's capital city. Being the kind of person who wanted to carve his own path, he decided when he was 17 to move to Dallas, Texas. He knew three words of English. His first job was a cart attendant at Target. Very prestigious. He later worked his way up to marketing innovation specialist event coordinator at a major Dallas firm. Now, back in Tehran, and thanks to COVID-19 lockdown, he has nothing better to do than to entertain his friend Meredith <laughs> and he's going to share some his experiences comparing and contrasting the cultures of Tehran to Dallas. Entrepreneur, boundary pusher, citizen of the world, Sarab Tabakoli, everyone. <laughs> wow, that was that was a lot. Thank you. That's yeah. the best introduction I've ever had. Yeah, good. I think you should put it on like your resume or something. <laughs> I know. That's so it's, what made you decide awesome. to move to the U.S.? And like, how did you even pick Dallas, Texas? That's so specific. Well, um, since I was um, being spoiled a little bit, and then I failed chemistry one, two, and three in high school, and my mom like teaches like chemistry to the nanotechnology center PhD students. So I was like, why am I filming this? So I need to do something on my own. So that's why I decided to just like, get away from everybody and just start living on my own. And Dallas was an area that I knew somebody, so I went there and that was it. Dallas was it. Dallas was the destination. Ah, okay. So is seven cause seventeen years old here in the US is you're considered still a minor. Is that different yes. in Tehran? No, in like, well, techni- technically, 18-year-old is an adult here. But, I mean, like, in Iran, since they're not, they're not that the new um, rules and regulations, you know, we drive at, at age 12. Oh, know? okay. But who cares? I'll remember but, that if I ever visit and, I'll be, <laughs> and I need to go somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But, yes, I was still a minor when I moved. Dallas. So it was like part rebellion, part ambition, kind of. Yes, I was going to go wild and crazy. I was like, no rules, you know, no boundaries. I'm just going to go wild and crazy. <laughs> and you're, you said you knew three words of English. What were the three words? Yes, I know. I'd say hello, how are you, and water. Water was the last word my mom taught me in the airport. Things. I was so thirsty. I was like, Mom, I'm thirsty. Give me some water. She was like, Yeah, give me some water. By the way, you know, it's water. You know, when you get thirsty, say water. And she wrote it on my hand. And my hand was sweating so much. It was just gone in like 30 minutes. Okay. But I learned it. But you learned it. And you learned all. How did I you learn it. English? 
in a hard way, basically. <laughs> I had to like read books, and back then, we didn't have the smartphone with the technology of the, um, like the translation, you know, apps. So I had to go to the old school books, just when I would see a sentence, I would just go in the, in the dictionary, word by word, find it, write it on top of the word, and then try to make sense out of it. And then I took some English classes, and that was it. Yeah, it was hard, but you know, I had to do it. Yeah, it that would be so hard. It was a big challenge. I still don't know English, if it makes you feel better, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know English either. I'm just trying to say something. That's all about. that. Uh, so when you came here, did it feel like culture shock, or did you know enough about American culture already that it was exactly what you thought it would be? Oh, it was definitely different. I mean, um, since I was, I came from Tehran, and Tehran is a big, massive city, right? I did ask a few questions, research a little bit. We didn't have internet back then, so I couldn't just like Google it. So I uh, asked ask around and researched a little bit. But when I went, came to Dallas, the biggest um, difference was everything was far apart. I mean, you have to have a car to get around. In, and, the, and the public transportation was just, just so horrible. In Iran, you just walk around and get a taxi, get a bus, and then you're there. But in Dallas, everything is far apart. You have to have a car. Otherwise, you're just handicapped, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you it's um, planning where you're going to go and at what time without a car. It's an event. Oh, that... It's massive, you know, the trouble. It just, it's a big, big um, project to just to just go whatever you want, yeah? It's so true. And when you, once you learned English, though, you probably got more, you know, American friends and were able to learn uh, wh- what the differences were about, you know, their culture versus the culture that you grew up in. It took me a while, yes. It took me a while to just learn the culture. But since I was started as a car attendant and I didn't have a car to get around, so I had to walk between Target um, and my apartment, um, uh, my friend's apartment. I, and it was like a couple of hours walk each way. Oh, my And gosh. then after, after a few well, weeks, a couple of months, I learned a little bit of English and I... I wrote a letter to my um, manager. Hey, I want to work as a cashier. Promotes me so I can learn the culture and like learn a little bit more English. And the letter, um, he gave it back to me, and that I, I wrote for him. I had so I had so many like grammar and vocabulary problems, you know, mistakes, and it was funny, you know. But it happened. <laughs> Did you keep the letter? Yeah, Oh, I still have it, yes. Good, absolutely. good. Oh, man, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of um, people that are outside of the U.S. say that Americans are very, like, smiley and, like, hi, how are you? And and that some people really like that. Some people find it insincere. Uh, what was your impression about that part of American <laughs> culture? I really loved it. I really enjoyed it. I like. And people trying to be nice and open and just have a good smiling face, you know. Even though if it's not insincere, you know, it's still, you know, it's still something positive to show. Mm-hmm. If you're faking it, well done. Good job that you <laughs> If it's been real, outstanding. Yeah. Both ways work. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Once you were a cashier and started uh, talking with more people in English, what were some other big differences that you started to kind of uncover culturally between Dallas and people in Tehran? Um, like a lot of people in Dallas, when they talk to you, they're friendly, you know, but when they have something like some sort of business to do, to deal with you, you know, after that, it's like distance, you know, uh, it's like they get like closed up. They don't want to talk. They don't want to hang out. They don't want to, you know, do anything, you know, which it was a culture shock because like in Iran, in Tehran, we are so like friendly, you know, even if you don't know each other that much, you're like, hey, come here, let's have some tea, you know, whatever, you know. That was a big shock because I wanted to be more, more friendly. I see like somebody's coming to me and smiling and wanting to talk. Something, oh, I have friends. Mm. But that was just for like small little time. That like that's where we have and we're doing business together. So like, some, that was yeah, sometimes those niceties, they're for that purpose only and they yes, don't yeah yes, i can yes, see where yes, that would be confusing like mm-hmm. oh we're gonna start a friendship and hang out and then they're like okay uh business deal's over meeting is over it's five o'clock we're leaving work bye and that's it and bye yes exactly yeah at work i mean like we hang out and because we have like, like breakfast meeting you know after our meeting and if it wasn't for that we wouldn't hang out that much you know if we were like together for like a few hundred like people like, like we would be like two three people you know at the end to hang out with at the at the most you know and speaking of work culture what were some differences that you saw like in an office culture and in work ethic all of that what were some things that came um, up well um it's really, really good because in U.S., um, everything, everybody is employed, you know, like most people are employed, you know, and their guidelines, you go by this, you go by these rules, and like there's like a cha- huge chain of command, you know, like talk to my, to my manager and then I'll talk to my manager and, and so on and so forth. But in Iran, it's just businesses because they're like local businesses, so many local businesses because the government doesn't support that much employees and um the companies as much so like people themselves have to uh, figure out a way to do like business together or like make money so and um, there is no guidelines there are no like you know um chain of command there are just people trying to figure something out you know which is good and bad it's bad because the work won't get done it gets done it, it takes way way longer to be like um to take care of but like there is more a connection with people, you know. We tried to figure something out, you know. But like, it was funny because um, long time ago, um, when I say a guideline, long time ago I was going to um, a burger joint, Father Rockers, and I wanted to get a burger, right? And then so I was like, hmm, you know what's good on this burger? Some mushrooms. And I asked the cashier, hey, like, can you add some mushrooms? She was like, um, if you want to add some mushrooms, we have that burger that has mushrooms in it. I'm like, no, I want this burger. <laughs> she was like, um, there is no button for it. I'm like, what do you mean there's no button for it? You know, figure out. I'll give you money. <laughs> How much is cost? Five bucks here it is. <laughs> I want some mushroom on this burger. Like, I can't do it, you know? Oh, my but, God. I mean, 
that's a little bit different, you know, because they follow, I mean, it's good and bad. Like, they follow these rules, and, but I can't get my mushroom. When I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to make like a t shirt or something that says, there's no button for the mushroom. Or, or where is the mushroom button? I'm not sure. I, I think awesome. there's. There's yeah. definitely like a mm-hmm. an opportunity there. Where's the button for the mushroom? Yeah, <laughs> it's it's such representative of a mindset though. Like the industrial revolution in the United States really is to credit or to blame, depending on how you look at it, uh-huh. for that attitude. Because before that, you know, people did what you're describing in Tehran. Like you just uh-huh. you you are bootstrapping it. You like. Figure it out. You make it. If it's broken, you fix it. You know, you barter. Right, right, right. And it's going to be interesting now with COVID-19 how much we'll go back to some of that stuff, right? Um, we're all like uh, DIYing yeah. things. and um, But uh, when the Industrial Revolution I mean, came... It we does were, make it much easier, though. It does make it yeah. faster. Like when there's a guideline, when there is, you know, everything's easy. Like make it like simple for everybody to just get it and go. You know, so it is a positive thing, but also it has this negative thing, like for them trying to figure out, and like you will lose that sense of trying to figure something out. You know? Yeah, yeah, you lose that um, like critical thinking piece. You know, uh, exactly. it's kind of like when you use your GPS to get places all the time, and then uh-huh. you realize you re- you definitely don't know how to read a map. But you also have no yes. sense of direction either, and it's that right, exactly. that part of your brain that gives you that drive, not just uh-huh. the you know push button mentality. But like you said, right. it does make it more efficient. Which is if right, it's, right. it's funny that you use a burger example because it was McDonald's, the franchise that had so much to do with that process of push the uh-huh. button down the line. Here's the bun. Da da da. And then it's follow like, this, follow this, yes, yeah, yeah, you get your food in I mean, like, like We are like becoming more followers, you yeah. know, than leaders, right? So like there are like more followers than leaders. And and the difference is for them to try to figure it out, you know. they. I mean, it's easy to follow. You know, it's hard to be leader, you know. Yeah. Maybe that's it, I don't know. Yeah, there's definitely that too. Hey everyone, just a quick interruption to show gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. The UWF Historical Trust. We shoot the show in the Museum of Commerce and the T.T. Wentworth Museum. And not only is this an amazing step back into the 18 and 1900s, but it's an event space too. How cool is that? You can see everything at historicpensacola.org. If you want to tour one of the 12 museums, and yes, Pensacola has 12 museums, and you get your tickets in person, show the ticket agent one of my emails and you'll get $2 off an adult ticket. You can get emails by texting REAL to 66866. So I don't have kids, but I also want to tell you about It's Your Magazine. They're a national family-centered publishing company with free parent magazines. They have parenting advice, events, and inspiration. I'm actually in a networking group with the publisher, and this guy is all about family. You can view a free magazine in cities in Texas, Oregon, Washington, and Florida by checking them out at itsyourmagazine.com. And Insec. So I've always felt iffy about pesticides. Then the mosquitoes got so bad, I would get covered in them from walking from my house to the car. 
I called Insec and to say I've been impressed is an understatement. When the treatment wasn't quite doing it, the owner actually came to my house. He found the breeding sites, identified the species of mosquito, and adjusted my treatment to that species. That's when I found out he's also a beekeeper and pollinator issues are always top of mind. So if you're in the Florida Panhandle or Gulf Coast of Alabama, give him a call, ensec.net. And Dexafit Pensacola. So new thought, the scale is just your relationship with gravity. Now when I get on my scale and me no likey, I say, you don't know me. What does know me is the 3D body comp scan. I can see what I'm made of and what's right for my body. Plus, when you get a DexaFit scan, you also get a consultation because what good is data if you don't know what to do with it? After you know, you can make your fitness plan smart, like expert level 5000. Also, look this up on YouTube. It's pretty awesome. DexaFit.com. Now back to the show. What about uh, like travel? You know, you at the U.S. is obviously really big, and I know just from being your personal friend that you love to uh, travel and see things all over. What was the attitude towards travel uh, from, like, w- your family in Tehran versus uh, the people that you met while you were in Dallas? Uh, this is the area that uh, um, it's a big question, right? I mean, U.S. by far is I'm going to say it's number one country in the world, you know, no doubt. Economy-wise, equipment, you know, easy to get around, opportunities, right? By far, by far. But to me, it feels like U.S. is a huge, big, massive luxury jail. Luxury jail. You have luxury jail. You have everything in it. Everything. People, um, money-wise, economy-wise, they make more money than anybody around the world. And they have more opportunity, they have more items, equipment, um, faster internet, but yet they travel the least. Mm-hmm. You know, they spend on the newer phone. I want to get a better car. On, I mean, my lease is be, you know, getting over, so I want to get out of their car. And they lose that sense of traveling and learning the other culture, just being exposed to the other culture, you know. Um, and like, and another thing is with the, I mean, American citizen, having the American passport, it's like you have the master key to entire world. You know, mm-hmm. you are welcome. You don't need to get a visa. So many people don't even know. Visa to get in the country. Oh, yeah. You should probably explain you know? that. Yeah, explain that because I think you're yeah. correct. I didn't know until I started traveling. I was like, visa? What's a visa? Exactly. But like in the world, 99% of countries, 90% of the countries, they need to get a visa to get around, right? Especially to come to U.S. It's not just easy. But Americans, they don't need. With a passport, just go, like, get a ticket and fly, you know? And getting a visa, it's a huge process, right? You have to be accepted, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you are already accepted. You know, you're already mm-hmm. approved as a person, as an American citizen. So it's so easy to just, you know, get a ticket and go. And since they, I mean, a lot of people complain about the economy that which Americans have the best economy and they can make them more money. And they are, and they still have the credits. You can get a credit card. So they're like, okay, if you can't pay it right now, we'll pay for it. But you pay in payments, right? Which it's a tool. It just depends how you're using it, right? If you use it with responsibility, 
It's the best tool ever. You can do whatever you want. But figure out how to pay them back. You know, just don't think it's your money. It's borrowed money. Mm-hmm. And then you can just travel, get a ticket. The credit cards say, hey, don't pay me. Like, there's no interest for two years. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> you know, a lot of countries that have debit cards. You know, you have to pay exactly what you've got. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no credit. So... I feel like there's so, I mean, when they say America is a land of opportunity, it is a land of opportunity, you know, but it hurts me when I see people don't use it, mm-hmm. you know, why do you think everybody wants to come to America? Because they've got opportunities, they can start from zero, they can grow up and be whoever they want to be, American dream, right? Mm-hmm. It is, it's there, but they just don't see it because they're in it, you know, yeah. so they think this is the standards. That's so true. And so that's what you mean by luxurious jail is because we're already in it, we we can only see from that perspective and we are so comfortable that we exactly. have, uh, we're missing out basically on the the joy that comes from traveling and meeting people and being with the person you're traveling or traveling alone and having an adventure uh-huh. because we're so pacify, pacified by our comfort, whether that's material or whatever. Right. It's just that we're in our routine. Like you said, okay, my lease uh-huh. is up on my car. Got to get a new car. Oh, wait, got to work overtime because uh-huh. I racked up the credit card and da 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 And exactly. they're I just like jailed. Worked up with this and then, like, like there is a saying which I don't like. They say, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Okay? But you can improve it. Right. You know, if it's not broken, okay, improve it. Mm-hmm. You're sitting on the beautiful couch, amazing screen TV with good internet, exploring the world, watching all the things. Okay, good. So just get out. So, like, look, I'm comfortable here. I can see the world from my like, big screen. Yeah, you can. But it's a different experience when you go yeah. into a different country. Like watching Super Bowl rather than being in the game. I mean, totally different. you won't miss anything. You will see the entire thing maybe a couple of times uh, rewind from your TV. But it's a different experience when you actually be exposed to your environment, like to a different environment. I wonder if it'll change, if attitudes in the U.S. will change uh, after COVID-19 has gone away whatever it's gonna do right because think about what you just said luxurious jail and now we're being told like hey you have to stay inside and it's still the same spot where we would pull up all the time but now it's like when you're being told you can't leave you want what you can't have you know what i mean so i wonder if they'll do what say it again it's always like that like if before the age 21, like, don't drink. You're not allowed to drink. Like, oh, what do you say? I want to drink. You know? And when you turn 21, 22, ah, it's a drink. Who cares? Right, right. <laughs> you know? That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. Travel has a big, it's it's a big part of um, gaining perspective, I think. I love that. I yes. And as I told you, I tell people that saying that you told me, of course, I can't say it in Farsi yet, but uh, uh-huh. about the, you know, oh, I'm going to take this glass and I'll see if there's any whales in the ocean. You put the water the glass in the water and you look in your yeah. glass and you look at the water, you go, no whales. 
Uh, it, that's because yeah. you only know what you know. You have to go out and explore. That's and, your source of information. You yeah. have to explore and expand it. Yeah, I love that so much. Okay, so what else was stuck out to you as different when you were here? Well, um, there is like people perspective, right? Uh, what we think Iran looks like, what we think America looks like, you know, before all this, before internet, like when I came over there 15, 16 years ago. So before I come to US, I told my friends, hey guys, I'm going to um, US, I'm going to Texas. That was like, oh, I'm going to be a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> They're riding the horse and putting the gun. I'm like, no. no. <laughs> They're like, what do you mean? They're like, well, they have cars over there. They're like, really? They have cars? I said, yeah. Wow. And so, like, that was my friend thought of Texas. So when I came to Texas, when I um, after a few months, I had, I made a friend and like he took me to his ranch with his dad. I'm like making barbecue, and he took me like to the around the ranch, and he was introducing me to his horses. He's like, my horse's name is this, that, it's a beautiful horse from there. I said, oh, that's nice. And he was like, so what's your camel's name? I was like, what do you mean what's my camel's name? He was like, well, we got horses, you guys must have camels. I'm like, no, we don't have, we have cars. You know, I'm sure there are camels in Iran, but I'll, yeah. I've never seen it. I was growing in a city. And I was like, the first time I saw a camel was at Dallas Zoo. And that was it, you know? <laughs> It's because like, like people like do they know? You know, it's right. like, they don't know like we ski, we snow ski a good four months of the year. In yeah, Europe. I had no idea. Point, you know, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that until you posted your ski pictures, and I was like, what? So yeah, yeah. I think that's that's what's cool about even if you don't travel, about just getting to know someone who has a different upbringing than yours. When you lead uh-huh. with curiosity and you talk with them and, and those funny differences come out, those are moments you would totally miss if you were not talking with them and not being curious and, and you were just, you know, doing your regular routine of work and, and then gym yeah. and home and repeat. Yeah, you have to expand your, like, networking, your friendship, your, like, different kind of people. Just explore and have an open mind, right? Yeah. So, I, I, and I'm very um, restricted about, I mean, I'm very, like, pushy about open-minded, right? I really want to be open-minded. Let me give you an example of what I mean by open mind. Open mind. Um, so, like, when I was started, like, growing gray hair, I was like, oh, I don't want to have gray hair. So, well, it's like, plug it. But what they say if you plug a gray hair, three more comes out, right? Right. Here in Iran, in U.S., in Europe, they all say it. What? Are so you serious? Like, oh, everywhere. Everywhere. Yes. Oh. My mom was like, don't do it. My grandma was don't do it. And I was like, okay, let me look it up, right? Uh-huh. Let me YouTube it. Search it. We have the, we have our, um, the biggest library in our hand, you know, right. just Google it. So I looked it up. It was not one source who would say, if you plug it, three more would come out. They're like, no, it's one segment, you plug it, and that's it. The same one grows out. And eventually, in six months, it might be three more, because you're aging, and that's about it. So uh... I'm like, <laughs> so I'm plugging it. You know, so, but maybe me saying open mind, that's what I mean. You know, just don't accept whatever everybody say. You know, maybe they're true, maybe they're right, maybe they're not. But just do your own research as well. You never know. I love that. Yeah. Uh And you always say push the boundaries, which 
I you are like if I was to look up, let's see, in the dictionary, push boundaries, there would be your face mm-hmm. right there. But that's such a it's such a great quality because even at 17 you pushed the boundaries, came to the US, and then you pushed the boundaries to write a letter basically to your supervisor to be like, "Hey, can I come be a cashier?" So I just think that more people need to like adapt to those qualities because they really are missing out on so many treasures of like how, you know, how Garrett and I know you, you know, uh-huh. like that was kind yes. of random and how we ended up staying in touch. And it's just, there's so much joy and treasure to be had there, which is why I hope people will be in general more curious, but, um, but I, of especially course, different yes. cultures. I think there's just something so beautiful about that. Uh-huh. There's so many cultures out there, right? They all have good and negative, positive and negative. You know, just for, for them to just go explore it. You know, I always say two things. Push the boundaries and be consistent. That's mm. it. You don't need anything else. Don't push the boundaries so much. You know, just a little. Just just enough to be on the legal side. <laughs> you know, but just push it a little bit and just be consistent. Do it every day. <laughs> You know, and do it every day, and you will. Get, I was gonna add, add to this like in Iran, when people they have to get visa and they can't travel, they're like four, three, four countries around Iran that they can't travel, and that's about it. You, you cannot travel, and it's really, really, really hard for everyone to travel. But Americans easily can push their boundaries just a little mm. bit, goes so far, you know. And I want them to notice, I want to open their eyes, like. Look what you got. Enjoy this tool. You know, yes. enjoy while you have it. Well, I think they'll be inspired just by listening to your uh, perspective <laughs> and hearing your funny stories. What's what's something you want American people to know about people in Iran? Either something that's um, misunderstood or just something you want them to know. Like. Aside on the governments, you know, I don't care about my government, American government, you know, none of that really matters. What matters is me and you. Mm. That's all that matters, you know. And we get along really, really good. You know, people get along if you, if you put the things that it's been brainwashed, you know, are since by like governments or whoever, you know, we were like growing up, if you put that aside, we people, we like each other. We love each other. We like to enjoy talk, you know. And then, um, like Iranians, we, I mean, as you can see, I love to talk. Right? We all like to talk. We all, you know, enjoy the parties, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we love it. Yeah, we love to share it. We love to have gatherings, big, big gatherings. That's why the coronavirus is exploring, exploring. Don't hang out together, you know. Yeah. So, like, it's okay, you know, just come hang out and can have some tea, you know, together. And, you know, and just um, have some good time, you know. But in, in America, it's not as friendly as like this, you know. It's more personal. It's like, you know, I don't want to, you know, like talk to you for more than a few minutes. But um, I want everybody to know that, like, we love to have parties. We love to have you guys here, you know, explore. There's so many beautiful places here. And we do get along perfectly fine. 
That's awesome. I don't think I could end it in any better way. This was so great, Sarah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. So if people want to keep in touch with you on social media, um, uh-huh. how can they do that? Well, my Instagram is Sarah, underline tobacco underline S-T-O. First name, last name, and S-T-O, right? So I can write it. I'm, you know, you know, you had to spell it. S-O-H-R-A-V, underline T-A-V-A-K-O-L-I, underline S-C-O. Awesome. Well, that's a wrap. Thanks, Rob. I'll be talking with oh, you again thank soon. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. It was not nice talking to you guys. <laughs> Bye. Are you still listening? Just kidding. Of course you are. Since you're here, here's some ways you can support the show. Stalk me on social media, leave a review, share an episode with a friend, or check out my Teespring page for delightfully sarcastic apparel. Links are in the episode description. 